Glory to Glory, the radio teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join us now as Pastor Joe Petting teaches from the book of 2 Peter, chapter 1. Okay, why don't we go ahead, let's open up to 2 Peter. We're going to still do our verse-by-verse study, and we're picking up. We finished up in 1 Peter. It was funny, last Tuesday, someone came up to me, and she says, are we going to be in 2 Peter next week? And I says, yes, we are. I believe we are, Lord willing. So here we are. So by... By popular demand, we're back in, in the epistle of Peter. Obviously, Second Peter was uh, written by the apostle Peter. He was a fisherman, as most of you know. He was a fisherman that had an encounter with Jesus Christ. And when he had an encounter with Jesus Christ, as you know, the story of this burly fisherman, he was never the same after that. He was changed. Jesus looked at Simon Peter and said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And basically Peter dropped his nets and started following the Lord Jesus Christ. And there was a huge change. He picked the nets up every once in a while. Then the Lord had to, you know, commission him again and recommission him. But we are reading about a man sold out to Jesus Christ, Simon Peter, who wrote this wonderful letter. He wrote it to believers. He re- we're going to find that out as we read the first verse, that he, he wrote it to believers. So this, this goes out to those with precious faith, and that would be the believers, those that believe uh, in Jesus Christ. So the letter goes out to believers. He wrote it probably, uh, they believe, approximately three years after he wrote uh, the first uh, letter, First Peter. Uh, so this second Peter was probably three years later. For those who take note, uh, it's most likely he wrote it A.D. 67. If you're one to take notes with that, I like to write those things even in my Bible. I make little notes there. The first letter, if you recall, was written to believers to instruct them and to give them hope in trials and tribulation time, difficult times. But uh, this letter is a letter of warning to warn believers of false teachers. You know, before we get into our text here, we have to be beware of false teachers. We have to beware of those that, that teach things that do not line up with the word of God. And it's pretty prevalent today. If, uh, you know, we're going to talk more about that, but you know, we need to beware as Christians, uh, who we're sitting under, what we're listening to, because a little leaven leavens the whole lump. And I know that's sin, but, but a little leaven of, uh, of deception in the word of God can twist things and, and manipulate. And they can, you know, it can turn, uh, they can, people can turn the word of God into something that, that it's not meant to be. And they, you know, so during Simon Peter's day, there were false prophets traveling around and sneaking into the fellowships. And we have that today. We need to beware. You'll get those that, you know, even I, I 
just recently, I had someone come up to me and say, hey, did you hear what this guy was saying on Sunday? And he's going around telling people this and that. It's like, you know, we need to watch out for that. If something comes out of someone's mouth that's not scriptural, you need to shut it down. You don't, you know, if it's blasphemous and it comes against the word of God and it's, you know, we need to be careful what we, we allow into our minds. It's very important. This letter warns them. But also this letter, if you're one to take note, this is just an introduction. It encourages us to grow in our faith, to grow spiritually. And we're going to look at that. We're going to kind of zone in on that here tonight about growing in our faith and growing, uh, not, not being immature Christians, but growing in, uh, in the faith that we have in Jesus Christ. So that is way of introduction. Let's go ahead and dive in. The second epistle of Peter, verse 1. And it says, Simon Peter, a bondservant, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness, through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lusts. Lord, just bless your word in us again, we pray in Jesus' name. Okay, again, Simon Peter, a bondservant. It starts off by saying, basically a bondservant is a servant by choice. We choose to serve the Lord. And I, I hope every one of us can say, I'm a bondservant of Jesus Christ. It's by choice. I, if you're being forced to be here and you're over 18 years old, you know, then you shouldn't be here. If it's not a forced thing. If someone's making you, you know, be here by force, uh, you're not a bondservant. We're, we're to be you know, those that are here because we want to be here. We're to, to be here because we desire to be here. We're, we, we serve the Lord because we desire to serve the Lord. You can't force someone to be a Christian because you, you can't, you're not a real Christian if you're being forced. Peter, the apostle Peter was used mightily by God, but he was a servant. He was consecrated to the Lord. And that's what we're called to be servants. Again, I don't know about you guys. I loved Sunday morning, this past Sunday morning. Didn't, wasn't that awesome? It was probably, yeah, we can give the Lord a hand. It was probably, one, probably the most joyous Sunday mornings I've ever had in my whole entire life. It was joyful right from the beginning and right to the end. And it was just the joy of the Lord was in this house, in this place. And it was so wonderful. It was so joyous. And to see the servants, as we talk about bond servants, to see you know, those that were in the play, to see those that were in the choir, those in the worship team joined with the choir, to see you know, the servants in the sound booth, the servants just all over the place, the ushers, the greeters, the, everybody working together, serving the Lord together in unison as one and trying to play you know, our part here in this house. And it was such a joyous time. It was just so awesome watching the servants of the Lord and watching the Lord just moving in a powerful way. You know, I, I believe most of us were just in awe. 
I was in awe. I was just like in awe of the presence of the Lord. I believe uh, this past Sunday we were probably, you know, not that it's about numbers, but you know, it was probably the most packed Sunday, the most packed time we've ever had in this place. And God was moving in a special way. And his servants were out serving and just, you know, being used by God and the different gifts and the different talents, you know, different people singing, different people acting, different people doing all these wonderful things. And, and it's all about, you know, we're, we're servants of the Lord. He calls us to serve. Let me tell you. Last Tuesday night also, when the youth group, they, they went out back to help us move the pile of dirt that was out there, you know, that, you know, they were just out there to serve the Lord. That rejoices, you know, the, the Lord's heart just to see that, you know, I was blown away. We made an announcement here in the sanctuary. If anyone can help us out back, you know, meet us out back. And I go out there and just practically the whole youth group's out there, you know, ready to serve. And I was like, wow, this is so awesome to serve the Lord, to be co-laborers together. And it's a joyous thing. Uh, Simon Peter is a bondservant of the Lord, and God's called us to do that. He's called us to serve together, and it's a joy to serve together. Do you notice in verse 1, it also says who he's writing to again, those who obtained like precious faith. Don't you like how that's worded? Like precious faith. Here he's an apostle, but he says, you know, I'm writing to you have, that have the same faith that I do, the, the precious faith that I have. And, it, you know, he's not boasting. He's not like saying, you know, I'm the apostle and, you know, I'm writing to you peons down there, you, you know, you low lives, you lower people, like he's something high and mighty. And it's not like that with God. He's saying, you know, he's talking to them and saying, you guys have the same faith I do, the like precious faith. We've been given faith. Every one of us as believers have been given a measure of faith. And it's precious. And think of this. I think about this with, you know, the guy that's writing this. This is a fisherman. This is a big, you know, a a tough and rough kind of guy. And he writes, precious faith. (laughs) I wonder, you know, know, just how the Lord, he probably just changed his heart. He's probably wondering why, you know, obviously inspired by the Holy Spirit, but just say precious faith. You know, this burly fisherman is writing about precious faith and, you know, just the way he words this, but it is precious that God would give us faith, that God would, you know, give us each a measure of faith and it's precious. And he says, so it tells us he's writing to those that have precious faith. So if you have precious faith here, this letter's for you. Do you have like precious faith? Do you have faith in Jesus Christ? Do you believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross? Do you believe that God raised him from the dead? Do you believe that that you're a sinner and that you can repent of sin? And as you repent of your sin, that, that Jesus Christ will come and live inside of you by his Holy Spirit? Are you born again of God's Holy Spirit? And if you say yes to all these things and you have like precious faith. But I want to say to you, if you're here tonight and you say, well, uh, I, maybe three of those I've gotten down to the, you know, the fourth one or one of those in there, I, I'm not too sure about, then, then you're not quite there yet. Those are essentials. They, they, those things are essential to be a Christian, to have like precious faith. But let me tell you, God wants you to have that faith, that like precious faith. He wants to change you. He wants to, to, to work in your heart that, that you can say, yes, I have that like precious faith. I have precious faith. My faith is just amazing because I love Jesus. 
And God wants to do that. And if that's you, then he's writing this letter to you. But check this out. Notice. And we'll try to speed it up here. But I just, there's so much good stuff in here. I have a hard time moving too fast when it, when it comes to this type of, you know, these good scriptures, these good verses. But notice again in verse one, the, the latter part, it says, I'm just going to read to those who have obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of our God. Check this out. The righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. And you might say, well, what's so great about that? Well, did you notice he's calling Jesus Christ God and Savior? And believe me, you can look at the original language. You can look at the, the Greek that it's written in. And in the Greek grammar, there's no mistake about it. He is calling Jesus Christ God and Savior. There, there's no doubt about that. And you'll get different people, Jehovah's Witnesses and Mormons and the, those that are Muslim. And they, they have a different Jesus. And we have to understand that. Because Jesus is God in the flesh, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And it's very important to realize that, that Jesus is God in the flesh. He is Emmanuel, God the Son. Jehovah's Witnesses believe that Jesus is Michael the Archangel in human form. That's not the same Jesus. Mormons believe that Jesus is the brother of Lucifer. That's a different Jesus. Muslims believe that Jesus is, the, is a good prophet. And, and some believe that Jesus is going to return with the, 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 uh, their Islamic Messiah, basically. And Jesus is going to be like the sidekick. Jesus is going to be the helper. That's what they believe. That's a different Jesus. And we need to understand that. Because that's not the Jesus of the Bible. And that's not the Jesus that we serve. Jesus is God in the flesh. Jesus told Philip, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And we have to understand that. It's very important. I remember the first time I heard it. The first time. I remember, I'll never forget where it was at. It was in a, you know, a Calvary chapel at a church. And I'm sitting there. I'm already born again. And I'm sitting there listening. And the pastor, my brother-in-law, he, he's preaching. And he's saying, you know, Jesus is God in the flesh. I'm like, wait a second. I, it was like all new to me. And I'm already born again. I'm like, wait a second. And, I, and I'm like, you know, it's got to be in this word. And he started going over scripture and I was like, wow. And he started going over more scripture. And I was like, wow. And he started breaking it down. And I was like, oh my goodness, it's true. And it's like a light went off in my little brain. And I, I was like, God's word teaches us very clearly that, that Jesus Christ is Emmanuel, God with us. And it's important I was at Mother's last night, Mother's Market, and it was so funny. They're, we bought two cases of water, so you know, the, one of the employees had one of those dollies, and he brought it out you know, to our car with, for us, and we're like, oh, thank you. you know? And we started talking to him about the Lord, and he says, oh, you know, we're talking about Easter and how wonderful you know, Jesus is. <clears throat> and he says, oh, yeah, I'm a Christian too. He says, oh, great. You know, you know, what church do you go to? And he says, well, I study under the Jehovah's Witnesses. And then we looked at him and I said, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> and it shocked him. You know, he's like, you know, what do you mean? You're, you know, you're sorry. And I said, well, I'm sorry. He says, because I says, you know, it's a different, you serve a different God. He goes, what are you talking about? And I says, well, you know, and I explained to him these verses. I explained to him, you know, the, the God that you serve, you know, and Jesus Christ and, 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 you know, 
that it's he's not you know he's not Michael the archangel in human form. It's you know just trying to break down and, and he's like, well, well, what do you mean? And so we we started going through scripture. He says, well, I believe that, and I just went through more scripture. He says, well, I believe that, and I went through more scripture. He says, no, no, I believe that's in the word. I, I know. He says, you know, I'm new at all this. I've just started studying with the Jehovah's Witnesses, and I says, well, you know, you have to understand, you know, they, this is a different Jesus. And he says, well, I believe the Jesus you're talking about. And I says, okay, you know, the, what about the Trinity? God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. He says, I believe in the Trinity. I says, well, that's it. You know, this is good. And he says, I want to talk to you some more. He says, I'm very open to what you're telling me. I says, well, it's the word of God. And he says, I want to hear more. I, I want to know more about this. I remember about four or five years ago, we were at the women's club. And I was teaching about this, about you know, Jesus being God in the flesh and talking about the Mormons and Jehovah's Witnesses and talking about all this. And then someone brought, you know, it was Rachel. She's, they, moved, they moved out and they're here occasionally. But uh, Rachel brought a friend of hers for the first time to the church. And I'm talking about all this stuff. And she comes up to me after the service and she says, I need to tell you something, Pastor Joe. This is my friend. It's her first time here. And I says, oh, nice to meet you. And she says, I just asked her how she liked the service. And she said she was very offended because she's a Mormon. I says, oh, I'm sorry. You're offended. I says, I, I just was you know, teaching the Bible and, and going through. And she says, well, you know, the, this, what you said about Jesus and this, what you said about Jesus. And I says, well, let me tell you why. And then I went through the scriptures and she's like, and she's like listening very intently. And I says, wait a second. Yeah, let's call Pastor Chad over here. I says, he used to be a Mormon boy. Come on. And I called Pastor Chad over. So, and Chad starts just do, 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 do. He's, he's telling her, you know, I used to be there. And I, this is what, this is wrong. And this is wrong. And her eyes were just coming out of her head even more so than Chad's. They were just really sticking out. They were really... <laughs> Sorry, Chad. I had to do it. I had to do it. Your youth group's here. I just had to do it, buddy. <laughs> but true story, guys. Check this out. She was floored. And I mean it. Her eyes were just like saucers. She was like... Her eyes... I mean, literally... Remember that, Pastor Chad? Opened wide. And we said, do you believe all these things? And she says, yeah, I believe it. And I said, are you ready to receive Christ? And she's like, yeah, I'm ready. She's still laughing about the eyes up front. Manet, come on. <laughs> Ushers, no. <laughs> She keeps looking at his eyes. She's got to stop looking at his eyes. She's got to stop looking at his eyes. Come on. Sorry. I'm sorry. Right then and there, though, she prayed, truly prayed to receive Christ, truly committed her life to Christ, and she kept coming to our church for years until she moved away, and she's still, I've seen her not too long ago, she's still walking with Jesus Christ right now to this day. Because she heard the truth. You will hear the truth. The Bible says you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And we as believers need to know this verse is very powerful. This says that Jesus is our God and Savior. He is our God and Savior. Look at verse 3 again if you can. as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Guys, I hope we can grasp this verse. His divine power, speaking of his Holy Spirit, 
by his Holy Spirit, we have everything we need that pertains to life and godliness. That's a powerful verse, isn't it? By his divine power, by the power of his Holy Spirit, we have everything that we have need of to live a godly life, to live a life for God. And I believe it's so important that we, as I look at this verse, we have a resource available to us. And please, I hope you guys understand. All of us understand this. Young, old, it doesn't matter what age you're at right now. God has given us of his Holy Spirit. We have a resource, a power that is available to every believer that that will get us through this life to to live a godly life, to live a life for God. And and we can, you know, obtain that resource from him. And I believe too often, you know, Christians are walking around and they're walking around not being tapped into that divine power to live a godly life. And I believe that there's times I'm standing here as a witness. I can tell you, there's times I'm not obtaining that resource, that I'm not you know, living off that resource that's provided to me by the power of God to live a godly life. And whenever, whenever that happens, whenever I preach without the power of God's Holy Spirit, whenever I'm out you know, sharing with people out in, in the world and talking about Jesus Christ, when I'm, when I'm doing it in the power of the flesh or in, the, in my own intellect or my own uh, resources, it's always, it always comes up flat, dead. But when we tap into the power of Jesus Christ by his Holy Spirit, we have everything we have need of is, is found in him. We, we're complete in him. And sometimes we might think, oh, if I just have this, or if I just have there, this will help me, or if I, you know, whatever your resource is, you know, or if I just have enough caffeine, I'll be able to make it through, you know, that's going to empower me, or if I just have enough of this and enough sweets or enough, whatever, enough, you know, relationships with with my family members or whatever you think that's going to empower you to live a godly life, it's not found in that. It's found in the Holy Spirit. And this is a wonderful verse that tells us that we have his divine power to live this life that God has put before us. I was thinking through this and I was thinking about if I got up on Sunday morning, you know, and I packed the car and I put my wife and, you know, we we sat her in the car and then I opened up the garage door and I started pushing the car outside and pushing it into the road. And then I start pushing it all the way to church, you know, and, and then, you know, making my way down PCH and pushing it all the way. And finally bringing it up, you know, up the driveway out here and into the parking lot. And, and if you see me, you'd say, what are you doing? I'd say, well, you know, you know, taking my wife to church. And you say, well, why don't you put the key in and start the car? It's foolishness. And I believe, again, you know, that's what we do. You know, the power's there. You put in the key, you turn the key, the power's there. You get in the car and you go by the power that, they, that you have inside, you know, with the engine inside the car. But I believe that as, as believers, many times we're doing the same thing. We, don't, we, we step away from the power of God's Holy Spirit. We're just trying to live this godly life. And I'm going to live for God. 
You know, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm not going to say that anymore. I'm not going to, I'm not going to you know, go down that road anymore. And we're trying so hard and we're so burnt out because we're not relying on his power not to do those things. We have a flesh that likes and loves doing things that are fleshly. And there's a constant battle. And the battle is choosing to live according to the spirit that you do not fulfill the lust or the desires of that flesh. And it's a constant battle. Day by day, we have to choose who you're going to serve. Are you going to serve your flesh? Are you going to serve the world? Are you going to serve darkness? Are you going to serve the living God? And are you going to rely on his resources to live a godly life? You have been listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettit and Outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now at 714-788-8221. That's 714-788-8221. We'd like to extend an invitation to visit us here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Our address is 16450 Pacific Coast Highway in Huntington Beach, California, 92649. We're located in Peter's Landing Marina in Huntington Harbor. Our service times are Tuesday evenings at 7 p.m. and Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. Now... May we continue to go to his throne of mercy as he changes us from glory to glory. As we come to your throne of mercy, it's the sound of our singing praise. It's the sound of our singing praise.